Good morning, church. Uh, my name is Rihanna. For those who don't know, I am part of the leadership team here at North Lakes and am actually so excited uh, to bring this kind of like final sermon in this series that we're doing. And um, the boys behind the camera know that that is not just a gimmicky thing for me to say because usually I come in and I'm so nervous and scared to preach, but I'm actually so excited because this um, series has been so life-giving to us and I've actually noticed so many changes. And so if you haven't, I'd really encourage you to like go all Netflix on it and binge through the series that we've done because it is so life-giving, as I said. And uh, on the day of recording this, we are actually in the last day of school holidays. And for me, who is somebody who doesn't have kids at school, I don't work at a school and like I don't even drive around at school zone time. So it doesn't really affect me that much, but I can sympathize and I do know what like the holiday life is like when you start with all of this anticipation and relief and kind of like desperation for this time of holidays. And then two weeks later, you're at this last day and you're thinking you got a bit of dread, you got a bit of worry, you got a bit of like nerves about starting another term or another part of work. And I come to you with good news this morning because today I'm speaking on um, observing Sabbath as a rhythm for our life. And the word holiday actually comes from the old English word holy day, which of course is meant to happen once a week. And so um This whole series, and I guess what I'm talking about today, is designed to challenge that idea that our rhythm of life is 10 weeks of like hard slog work and then two weeks of just like exhausted rest or like the rest of us, like 50 weeks in a row of just like hardcore work. And then at Christmas time, we have two weeks just to like stop and rest and do nothing. And um, I'm doing a Bible plan at the moment with a couple of girlfriends and the devotion in it this morning said that we need to learn how to work from rest instead of resting from work. And I feel like imagine what the mindset shift would look like if us as a culture took um, the holidays as the way to start a new term instead of just like desperately finish a term. And so, um, yeah, what we're kind of talking today is um, – just challenging what has become such like a normative culture amongst Australians is that we work, 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 and then rest. But instead, God has um, invited us into this life that says it's life and life to the full. And John 15 says that we're invited to a life that has, um, that our joy would be made full and complete and overflowing. And so as a church, as North Lakes, we've kind of like dived into this teaching series Um, not just to tick a box or not just to get like the new title boxes or whatever, but that it would actually become like a practical part of our church culture. And our hope that is just like praying and just like tithing and just like worshiping, observing a Sabbath would actually be something that we do. And when you're talking to someone, you could ask them about what their Sabbath kind of looks like. And it would become not just a teaching, but something that is a part of our lifestyle. And I feel like as Christians, that's how we'll stand out in the rest of our culture of people who are weary and tired and exhausted as people who are living with joy and joy overflowing. And so um, I would encourage you to challenge your mindset about living that life of the busy rat race and embrace a weekly rhythm that we learn how to know. Oh, and I feel like once we do embrace it, we would know that that rhythm is actually sustainable. It is life-giving. It's enjoyable. And it is way more productive than just working until you burn out and then repeat. 
And so the first time we actually hear the Sabbath, and I'll be touching on a few things that we've learned over the last few weeks, but just kind of um, rehashing it out. But the first time we actually hear about the Sabbath is right at the start of Genesis, on the first page of your Bible, where God is describing all of the days and all of the ways, all of the things that he's created. And I find it really interesting that for every single day, God describes what was created, whether that's like the plants or whatever, (laughs) and then says there was evening and there was morning the first day. And that's kind of his completion of that day. And he he describes the second day and then says there was evening and there was morning the second day. And he does this for all of the days. There There was evening, there was morning, all the way up to the sixth day. But then on the seventh day, he doesn't end it at all. It is left there. Um, with like an infinity behind it. And instead the scripture says, then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work and of creating that he had done. And then straight after that, the scriptures continue to talk about the creation of man. So that's when Adam and Eve kind of come into play. And so what we can gather from this is that after everything had been created, the earth and the plants and everything, there was going to be nothing but delighting in what had been made. Then he made men and women and he extended that invitation to them to be able to enjoy the creation and enjoy the rest and enjoy the celebration and the commemoration of what God had actually made. But as we know from there, the humans were deceived by another ruling power Um, And then they forfeited their rest. They forfeited that constant fellowship and community with God. And instead, they were exiled into the wilderness and they became slaves. So they became slaves both to the land and also to the Egyptians. So this is a few kind of like um, years on. But in the book of Exodus, we actually see that God comes in again with a redemption story and he frees the people of Israel from Egypt with the promise of a new land. And with a new land, there was a new invitation for them to live in that fellowship, in that community, and that um, overflowing joy of being with God. And so on the way there, so not when they get there, but on the way, because it took them 40 years, we see the first observance, observance of a day of Sabbath. So God here has reintroduced the seventh day of rest so that the Israelites could have a taste of what life would be like for them when they get to the new land. And so Exodus 16 tells a story like this. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of Sinai, between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there, so they arrived in the wilderness on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There... There too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. So they're about a month out of um, being completely freed from slavery and they're complaining now. They're saying, if only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. The scriptures go on to say that um, the Lord kind of had this back and forth with Moses and Aaron about what the people were saying, what he was going to provide them. And then in verse um, 11, the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the Israelites complaints and now tell them in the evening you will have meat to eat and in the morning you will have all the bread you want and then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp. 
and the next morning the area around the camp was wet with dew. But when the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israels were pu- the Israelites were puzzled when they saw it, and they said, "What is it?" They asked each other, and they had no idea what it was. Later on, the scriptures continue to say, "After this, the people gathered the food morning by morning." So they're getting into the rhythm of living in God's provision, each family according to its need. And as the sun became hot, the flakes they had not picked up melted and just disappeared. And then on the sixth sixth day, according to God's commands, they gathered twice as much as usual. Then all of the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath set aside set apart for the lord so bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow so they put some aside for morning just as moses had commanded and in the morning the leftover food was wholesome and good without maggots or odor as the previous stuff had had been moses said eat this food today for today is a sabbath day dedicated to the lord there will be no food on the ground today you may gather food for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath, and there will be no food on the ground that day. And some people went out anyway on the seventh day, as we all do, but they found no food. And the Lord asked Moses, how long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. That is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day, so there'll be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Do not go out and pick up food on the seventh day. So the people did not gather any food on the seventh day. And maybe out of context, this just seems like the strangest story to bring uh, into what should be a really practical application. But I really believe that hidden in this story is the truth for us right now. Just like the Israelites... We're in this kind of transit towards our promised land. And thank you, Lord, that this life is not our destination. As Christ followers, this life is not the be all and end all for us. And for that, I'm thankful. But through Jesus, just like um, the Israelites' freedom, God has reinstated the invitation for us to find actual rest here in the wilderness. It's just kind of like a little taste of what's to come when we get there for us to be able to delight and live in a rhythm that makes us rich with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that is what I believe is true when we do practice the Sabbath and we have this weekly day of godly rest. I believe that our whole life will be rich with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so... um. We see at the top of this story that the rhythm of walking through the wilderness left even the newly rescued Israelites grumpy and bitter and complaining. And so I feel like for us, as Christ followers, it's so easy to be the same. But this weekly rhythm offers us a new life with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And maybe it's time for all of us to take a second to see what fruit your current life rhythm is actually producing. Is it anxiety and bitterness and rolling your eyes when somebody asks you to do something? Or is it being joyful and loving and peaceful and you live a life that is gentle and kind to others and you're self-controlled? Or are you um, just completely consumed by the to-do list that you've got? Or you have no self 
self-control when it comes to your phone or you have um, no ability to be gentle with your children or people who you know you should be giving more grace to. Maybe it's time for all of us to actually take Jesus at his word when he says in Matthew 11, are you tired? Are you worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't let anything heavy or I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I feel like that's one of those verses that you can read and just be so like, yes, I want that. That's so amazing. But maybe you haven't taken that step forward to actually take it practically. And you can kind of read it and it seems a bit abstract to what the real busy life of somebody who has real responsibility or real kids or a real to-do list or a real job kind of looks like. And it is still um, two separate concepts. But when I first came to church, which was seven and a bit years ago now, I feel like I took that whole disposition for every part of my life to be like really cynical of everything that was happening at church, tithing, praying, worshiping, reading the Bible, all of it. It just kind of, to me, didn't translate into what I could actually apply to my life. And it wasn't until I heard these firsthand stories from people who I actually knew and actually had met in person and, and was growing to trust that I actually thought that that was something that could actually be applicable to my life. And so I feel like after nine or so weeks of learning about Sabbath and solitude and silence, that maybe it will actually be helpful for me to share what what this journey has kind of meant for my life and for Jack's life. And so you can see, just like we hear testimonies about tithing and prayer and things like that, that you would actually consider it to be something that you can apply in your own life. And so um, Jack and I definitely don't live that um, slow, mindful, conscious lifestyle that maybe you associate with taking a weekly Sabbath. Jack and I are both um, kind of chaotic humans. We have full lives. We run a business. We work six days a week. We um, help run ministries at church. We both have big families that all live in town. Um, and that none of this is to say that we are people who can just like do it all. But don't think that um, you need to be a kind of person or you need to live a certain life for this to apply to you. But we have a pretty full life and a full schedule. And um, honestly, at times before we started doing things like this, I I was easily overwhelmed and I was not doing it with any sort of rhythm of um, grace or anything like that. But I was talking to a friend of mine um, who has an even fuller life than ours. He's got four kids, twins, runs a big business, runs a church, plays sport, just seems to be one of those people who is doing everything all at once. And I asked him, I said, how are you guys going? Kind of expecting him to be like, oh, since the twins came along, it's chaos. It's so busy. Everything's happening. And he was like, we have just been going so well. And I was like, and he's like, yeah, seriously, we've just been kind of like slowing things down and just like loving every moment. And I was honestly shocked because this guy has so much on his plate. And here he was just saying that he was loving every second of his life. And so I was kind of like, why? What has changed? And he told me about this book um, called The Emotionally Healthy Leader that he was reading. And as a result of that, he was practicing the Sabbath with his whole family. To me, the Sabbath kind of just seems like a um, Old Testament kind of legalistic thing. And so I was like, okay. Anyway, so I read the book 
And by read the book, I actually mean I listened to the book. And I didn't just listen to it like on a stroll. I was listening to it in 1.5 times as I was exercising or driving or whatever. And so like girl needs a Sabbath kind of thing, you know. But I cannot tell you how much enrichment actually practicing the Sabbath has brought to my life. We Once I'd kind of read the, listened to the chapters of Sabbath, I thought, all right, I'm actually just like going to try this. Sounds really fruitful. Sounds really like glamorous and awesome. But the enrichment that it has actually brought to my life and our lives as a married couple has not just like affected our Sunday, um, which is our Sabbath day because we work six days. So that choice for us is kind of set in stone. But through the week, we don't burn out. We're better spouses to each other. We've relearned the joy of anticipation, like that feeling you get of last day of term. We get that every week and it is a true joy. And um, I mean, side note, that feeling that you get the day before something is called effective forecasting. And it like tells you that um, you preempting joy or preempting dread is how you will feel right now. And I feel like we need to pay special attention when social sciences and scriptures collide to tell you the same truth, because um, that is what I see here. And especially as we have been practicing it, I notice it more and more. But um, we have done really well this year running a business through a pandemic, which should be really stressful and which should be really hard, but it has been a joy. We have been inspired to keep building things and keep changing things, be more effective in our community. And um, in this time where holidays, our holidays have been cancelled, everyone has had holidays cancelled, where we have been rejoicing in the fact that this holy day and the invitation to partake in it still exists and it has changed everything for me. Um, And just like the word says in Genesis that I read before, the holy day or the day of rest or the Sabbath or the seventh day or whatever it is to you, it has a special blessing from God on it. And the story of Exodus shows us that we get a double outpouring from observing the Sabbath. When we see, and that is when we see his provision, the scripture says, then you will know that I am Lord your God. And that was the truth that we decided to actually test and one that I would really encourage you to go and test. Maybe you think it doesn't make sense. Um, And for us, we definitely thought this. It doesn't make sense not to check your email for a whole day or stay off social media for a whole 24 hours, which when you run a business that that's your whole marketing channel, it doesn't make sense to stay off for 24 hours. It doesn't make sense not to respond to customer inquiries, not to say yes to new opportunities. But for us, it was just like tithing. Like it might make heaps more sense on paper for us to maybe like open seven days at the shop or like be on all the time, available all the time. But that is like the thing with the whole life of walking with Jesus is that we get to live this life that doesn't make sense. We get forgiveness and hope and joy and grace when it does not make sense. And it's through him that God's extended us this new invitation and it's through his grace that promises us provision when it doesn't make sense. And so if it's something that maybe there's a bit of fear about, fear about stopping work or ignoring emails for 24 hours, that's okay. That's something for you to work through and that is maybe like a best practice to work towards in the middle. And so now this is what our Sabbath looks like. Jack and I, married couple, no kids, we go device-free from around 6 p.m. on Saturday, which for us, if you know us, is a big deal because we're 
never without device. We declare it to each other so we don't do anything big. We just tell each other this is our time with no phone. And then we have dinner together. And then we wake up on Sunday morning. We stay in bed for a while. We cook this kind of extravagant brekkie together. We have a coffee together. We watch church. And then we just do fun things. We go for a walk. We read. We sleep. We kind of just like... I guess what you would imagine, you know, when you're like on day five of your holiday and you're just really starting to get into the relaxing like rhythm of things, that is what we do every single week. And it is a joy. Honestly, it's a joy. Now, I know that it's not possible for everyone's Sabbath or everybody's seventh day to look like this because of kids, work, whatever. But don't conform to the culture that you just discount yourself from this because it's one of God's commands. And so it's really easy to say, yeah, well, I have kids, so maybe not in this season. The Bible does not say that. Let me release you from the lie that is a lie from the culture of this world and invite you into the reintroduction of a Sabbath that I can guarantee will be such an enrichment to every single part of your life. And so I feel like that is um, the power of this biblical rhythm. And I was actually speaking to a man who is um, a Seventh-day Adventist, so they practice the Sabbath really seriously. And I asked him because he's a parent, I said, I understand that I'm coming to, I'm coming to this from an angle of naivety. No kids, no early wake-ups, whatever. And he said that from a parenting perspective, since he started practicing the Sabbath with his whole family, he said he's noticed so much of a change in how much he enjoys his children and enjoys life with his children instead of this rhythm that is term to term of just like getting through and enduring them. And he, and he said that in a, like a vulnerable way, but I really appreciated it. And I feel like that is the significance that we can all carry into what is a big mind shift and a big schedule change. But like in lockdown, it's kind of the perfect time to try it, to be honest. So let me encourage you, have a conversation, maybe answer that cynical voice in you that thinks, that's kind of abstract. I feel like this is just another church teaching. It's in the Bible. You know it has power. My testimony, you know it is um, relative and contextually applicable. Try it out and I am so sure that you will fall in love with the joy of weekly restoration. And so, again, it's easy for us to just be like, yeah, but what does that actually kind of look like? Well, I've taken a list of things from um, this list called From a Teaching of Seasons of Life by Bethany Allen and Gavin Bennett. And these are just a few things on there. So I'm going to ask Caleb to just like roll them up on the screen and then I'm going to put them on the website that you can access anytime. Maybe just like get the list up on your iPad or your phone or whatever and highlight a few as a family, as a married couple, as an individual that you think you'd actually like to try and just start with one or start with them all or just like go for it, but actually um, commit to it and give it a go. And because like Just like in faith, when you give tithing a go, I believe that God will um, bless you with for the generosity in a way that um, releases like the strongholds of wealth in your life. And same way as I believe in the power of prayer, I believe in the power of coming to God in worship. And so in the air of Sabbath, for young families, here are a few ideas. Put together a box of special toys with your kids that they get to play with just on the Sabbath. Read a story from the Bible watch a movie together, commit to not doing chores. Parents can take your t- take turns doing your own thing. 
for single people. You can listen to worship music, meet up with a friend for coffee, go to an art gallery, not in COVID time, have a nice meal with friends, take a nap, make art, married couples without kids. You can take a walk, be intimate, watch a movie together, go for a drive, hang out with friends. Parents with teenagers can sleep in and let them sleep in, limit the amount of screen time, ask intentional questions like what was the best part of your week, where did you see God this week, make their favorite meal or dessert together. And empty nesters, you can have or host a family dinner, you can explore new hobbies, you can find a hobby to do together. All of these things, the list is limitless and having the day set aside that is in worship to delight in God's creation offers us a chance to be able to do this without guilt, without worry that we should be cleaning the house or doing chores or getting ready for the week or whatever because we make preparations like the Israelites did to um, do the work on the day before so that you can enjoy God's creation and commemorate your life that he's given you to the full and have joy overflowing and so as you go let me bless you in the name of Jesus that you would receive the blessing of the Sabbath and you would not leave here unchanged that each week that you take a step of faith and you um, resist the um, pull of the culture to submit to work and to submit to busyness, that you would be blessed as you um, say no and your marriage would be enriched, your family would be enriched, your children would um, have renewed joy. And this would be a point in our church's culture that would see us all change, all renewed, all restored, no matter what the season of the world looks like. So be blessed in Jesus' name.